Hello. 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 <laughs> <sighs> okay. Um, well, yeah, let's do this. Um, I hope that this is okay, JG. We just figured that if we were going to talk about it together, that we should record that and turn that in because that is the same thing as what we'd be writing in our posts. Um, (laughs) I'm glad that this, this app worked for you. Um, okay. So where do you want to start? We're talking about bodies. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, I think I got the most from the no block piece. Um, and I also yeah. think I've read it before, which is probably why. Um, I think we read it for 605, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I remember, I remember, uh, I remember kind of vibing with it then, I guess. Um, one thing I noticed when I was rereading it this time was um, her sort of I pulled out where she talked about the role of emotions in Mm -hmm. um, scholarship and how um, that's not something that's generally or maybe has not always been appreciated, but um, the connection that um, emotions are about the body, which I mean, they are, it's clear, but I don't, I don't, for whatever reason, I don't think I made that connection. Um, Yeah. I think that, I mean, I think that this week is getting in interesting ways about, like, what is in the body and what is not. I had some very, like, visceral visceral reactions um, to the, is it no block? Is that how we say? I think I so. I say her name. I think so. We'll see. Um, I mean, I have visceral reactions to everything. Everything is problematic. But <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> JP's rolling his eyes right now. <laughs> but um, I just, I, I mean, so... Yeah, I think I think that that's an interesting like point to make about whether or not we include emotions in when we're talking about the body. I mean, like I have always I felt uh, <laughs> sorry, I don't really have thoughts. I felt really called out in certain places by this piece mm-hmm. because and like challenged in ways that I'm okay with in ways that I'm not okay with because like this so this moment where she's talking about I think it's in like the embodied knowledge okay. um right where she's talking about like bodily urges and like things so like things that our bodies tell us that we don't always need to include that um, um yeah. in a piece because it needs to have purpose Ugh, I'm using air quotes right now you can't see it but I need you to know it okay um it needs to have purpose in order for it to be embodied rhetoric and like so I feel like that she's kind of taking the same like a similar stance with emotions and like where I felt called out like base um oh I have 20% of my battery it'll probably be fine mm-hmm. um this kind of like where they're like you just like acknowledging your positionality and being like I am a, a white woman uh middle class who's like from x y or z places like that doesn't i'm not a white woman i'm a latina woman but that's what she says in the text um but she i mean to say that that is kind of like lip service that doesn't really do anything um i feel called out by that because like that's that has been like a very specific move i feel like i've been trying to make in my writing because i don't see it in many places 
Um, and I feel like it needs to happen. And I started with talking about my emotions. And so like the first piece I ever had published was about like creating emotionally authentic narratives on like Instagram or something. I don't know. It was dumb, but <laughs> Not dumb. like, I felt like <laughs> talking about my emotions mattered because no one was doing it. And, but I, I like see their point that it needs to be in like a, a re- critically reflexive way and not just in like a I don't know a pandering kind of way I wonder if I wonder if locating yourself in that particular way is something that happens more often in embodied rhetorics maybe like Mm. because they're so they're more in tune to this maybe so maybe we haven't seen a lot of it yeah Um, but maybe in the field itself I felt like it was I felt like she was saying that it's not it's not that you shouldn't do the first part you know the whole okay this is you know I'm a white woman this is where I come from Mm -hmm. um but that maybe it wasn't enough like as a gesture like you have to keep going um I think she talked about like or she quoted people other people was talking about um you know like a practice of like being self-reflexive in research which um like in principle I agree with but um what does that look like I don't feel like the writing really talked about in what way you go farther than acknowledging your location. Um, unless it's just kind of yeah a constant like reorienting yourself to make sure you're kind of like being honest with yourself in general, I guess. I don't know. I, I, I'm glad you brought up the, the part where she said just to like write about bodily urges isn't enough. I think she's getting to the, because she also says, I think it's, wait, I think I read it in my notes, page 57. So no block is saying that rhetoric is purposeful. I don't know. Do we agree with that? (laughs) I'm not sure because. No. Because I feel like we do rhetoric all the time without maybe being purposeful about it. Um, Yeah. I mean. Oh my god, my computer's freaking out right now. It's really annoying. I feel like, um, I feel like again with this reading in conjunction with the other readings, like particularly the gross bees, which was just like a lot of it was <laughs> over my head. We're just gonna put that out there right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I like. I mean, I think we're coming back to a discussion about what exactly rhetoric is and is not, and particularly because it's like. Oh my God, I'm trying to fix my computer. Um, You know, like when I'm thinking about, um, like you were just talking about like what is, um, what does that reflexivity look like in in praxis? Mm -hmm. And like for me, you know, that I have that, that this really weird approach to rhetoric where I'm always kind of thinking about activity systems. And so like the body is always going to be present there because most of the time you're not even talking about, like when I'm thinking about, how a genre is produced I'm not necessarily just thinking about like that act of writing or the act of the genre being consumed but everything Mm -hmm. that goes on around it and bodies are necessary for that but so then it also brings me back to like what it looks like in praxis would be similar to uptake so for uh, those who haven't heard me in my weird (laughs) comparet language yet (laughs) um, uptake is like similar to metacognitive writing I think that maybe that's the most accessible way I can put it right but it's where I have my students think about and talk about their process of like building knowledge and their process of writing and so then like 
I think that those are moments where in my classroom, at least, because I'm always thinking about my classroom, where I would, where I can think about how that looks in praxis, because in that, those uptake moments, I'm like, okay, where is your body located? How did your body directly impact the production of this genre? Or how is your body like represented through this genre? Um, you know, is that, am I making sense? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, and I like bringing it back to more to pedagogy um, because I also like thinking about what, what's going on in my classroom. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess I wanted, I guess I wanted her to talk a little bit more because um, she didn't like, it's not that there was no um, pedagogy in here or thought about bodies in classrooms, um, mm-hmm. but it, it seemed like she was more focused on, um, you know, um, locating yourself as a researcher um, and yeah. like a scholar, you know, like in your acad- your own academic writing. So when she specifically, you know, used that example of, um, you know, locating yourself as a white, I don't know, I can't remember everything she said, able-bodied, middle-class, whatever, mm-hmm. um, and then said that that's not enough, I would have liked to see more, I would have liked her to talk about, give some examples of the ways self-reflexivity can go further, and I guess be more, even more ethical, I suppose, because we're really talking about an ethics, right? Um <laughs> And I'm so I'm still thinking about what that would look like, and if in my own writing as well, um, and I don't think I know yet. But I, yeah, go ahead. I well, I just realized I didn't really. So I mean, I disagree with her saying that that all embod- embodied rhetoric, like all rhetoric, is purposeful. So she's making this distinction between um, embodied. Was it? I think it's embodied knowledge and embodied rhetoric. Yeah. And embodied language. Yes. And I, I don't, I don't see that separation, honestly. Um, like, I think that talking about embodied knowledge and language as pieces of embodied rhetoric makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. But to say that they're, that they are not a part. Well, I mean, I guess she's not saying that, but she's saying that embodied rhetoric takes embodied knowledge and embodied language one step further, I feel like with its intent and I'm resistant to that because I'm also resistant to the way that she's talking about text right so she's Mm. using text here I feel like in very specific ways that don't allow for the body itself to be performing embodied rhetoric or to be engaging and and doing embodied rhetoric and that doesn't make sense to me like I feel like she's saying um you know if I was a better person I would have like highlighted and put it on the page number where she says (laughs) but I'm not (laughs) but uh where she's saying that um you know that it has to it's like us considering bodies in a text is embodied rhetoric and I'm like I feel like bodies do rhetoric on their own and it's not just also what I like a um a uh, high and mighty position to take that, <laughs> to just say that the only way the bodies can participate in, in or do embodied rhetoric is through our raising up of the body into a text. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like at some point she did say the body itself is a text, but it was like in reference to like postmodernist, I think. 
mm-hmm. it was it was she was basically saying postmodernists would remind us that bodies themselves are text and are culturally situated and constituted um so it's like i don't know like what the rhetoric of of culture is both written on bodies and also like a means of like constructing them at all i guess but i I guess i would have and that's the kind of thing i like uh, i really like to think more about but it was sort of i mean obviously you can't include everything in, in every article um i guess um but i would have liked to mm-hmm. dwell a little bit longer there um because you're right it mm-hmm. does feel like i mean she kind of gestures at as the the body is text so body's doing rhetoric but i feel like we spend yeah, more time I'm... on mm-hmm. on on thinking of text as writing like a written text and how i mean and i'm I'm also resistant to that that moment where she's like, "We don't need to talk about your bodily urges." And I'm like, "Why don't we need to talk about your bodily urges? Like, who are you to say like what?" She's like, "That's not productive. That doesn't have value." And I'm like, "Why do you get to determine what does or doesn't like?" So I guess that's also my like life narrative. I'm just like, if that is if that is the life, like, why are you, why do you get to be like, that's not useful or it doesn't contribute. It's not a contribution to the field. Cause it's doing the very thing um, that she's talking about later, like where she's talking about how actually maybe it's not her. Now I'm confused, but somebody somewhere in the reading that we did is talking about <laughs> how we need to recognize like the conventions of a genre. I'm pretty sure it's her. Um, we need to recognize the conventions of a particular genre right so that we can operate and resist i think that might be when they're talking about how to do that reflexivity and praxis mm-hmm. um you know how to to resist the conventions of like academic writing or or of academic discourse or whatever and uh and i'm like but then literally pages ago you were like but this this doesn't have any <laughs> is not useful or productive and I'm like, isn't it useful and productive simply because it's not doing what you say it should be doing to be termed an academic text? Yeah. I, and it's making about, the body visible. We're, yeah. We're talking about her critique of Tompkins, I believe, right? That's where she talks about that. Yeah. So yes. I, under- mm-hmm. I understood her. I understood that passage as her, as her making a judgment that the some of the bodily urges Tompkins wrote about weren't productive because she couldn't see I guess the point or the connections between them so I guess I felt like she was not saying that talking about bodily urges as a whole is unproductive but that the way Tompkins did it wasn't productive but again like who is Mm. she to say that like she is also a particular body of experience reading that text and someone else reading Tompkins um reading Tompkins writing about that might might it might be very productive for them so I think we have Mm -hmm. to be careful about how we interpret other people's embodied you know writing as well Um, maybe that's part of what's missing um, from no block is I mean we talk a lot about um, doing embodied rhetoric but um, how are we as a body receiving that rhetoric and we have to realize that like as readers or uh, viewers um we're not you know we're not the only body um yeah who is taking that in yeah i don't know yeah yeah those are words (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I think that she's just kind of, now that we're talking about it more, I feel like maybe that she's like a little bit resistant to the idea or to the emphasis on process, Mm -hmm. because that's what I would include. Like those, like the urges that Tompkins is talking about, not that I, I mean, I feel like I've probably read it, but not in a way that I remember. Um, So I don't know for sure. Right. But I feel like that that's what it's getting at. Right. Is that that the body is present in the production of this writing and like, and I don't know. So I, I feel like in some places, maybe what I'm trying to say is that, um, is that she is straddling this line of like, um, oh shit. What was I going to say? <laughs> I don't even know. She's like, Fuck. she's like straddling the hate your your body and its context and its reactions are important but you better include the ones that are really important or productive you know what I mean it's like but she's also judging like what yeah. is productive and what's not um yeah I don't know yeah I mean I don't honestly probably for this whole class I'll just be like I don't feel like I have valid opinions because I'm not really retcomp, <laughs> but I kind of am. <laughs> You're more retcomp than I am. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know about that. Yeah, I just don't know anything. Um, but, I mean, I feel like she's... Fuck, I feel like I had a good point, and now it's just gone. Whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, well. Anyway, so, yeah, I think that this piece I <laughs> reacted to a lot. I'm sure I'll have a lot to say about it when we talk about it in class. Um, yeah. I haven't. Uh, the, I mean, the gross piece, it's like, I just, sometimes I feel like, and I think that, um, now I've even forgotten her name. Is it Noblock? Is that yes. the, Jesus Christ, I'm not an academic. <laughs> um I think that Noblock is kind of pointing towards how like we need to the reasons that one of the reasons that embodied rhetoric is necessary and valuable is because it forces us out of the abstract and into the concrete. And that's what this like separation of mind and body. Mm -hmm. I just like sometimes I'm very frustrated with academics in that we're like, well, but what is this thing? And like, I'm like, okay, but how does that actually like what does that have to do with real bodies and so I think that this discussion of like what is and is not the body is something that is valuable that we're going to keep coming back to but this is just my roundabout way of being like I don't understand what the gross piece is talking about really (laughs) (laughs) and uh, I don't know how to talk about it and it gets I don't know it's it is so abstract in so many ways I did appreciate coming back to thinking about this kind of Western dualism between mind and body, because Mm. for me, I think it, because I said in the first class that, you know, when I first encountered embodied, encountered, sorry, encountered, I don't even know what the fuck that is. When I first encountered embodied rhetorics, it was surprising Mm. to me. And I felt like it was sort of the opposite of my own impulses. So, and I think this whole mind body split thing is, is why it was so like for me um writing like has always been like a place where I felt like I could leave my body behind right so like I'm not being evaluated on my body um but purely 
just for whatever I'm producing in writing. So, I mean, ideas, you know, mm-hmm. or scholarship, but also like the writing itself, like the mechanics of, you know, quote unquote, good writing. Um, and like that, I was just way more comfortable with that. I felt taken more seriously that way. And it offered a sort of like invisibility that I find more comfortable. Yeah. Um, like I frequently, and I've said this to you, I say that I'm much better on paper, you know, like quote, I know we're not actually on paper anymore, but um, then in real yeah. life, um, and like, I guess like some of that is like feeling socially awkward, but also just, I feel like I am, um, understood better or understood for what I want to be understood for. You know what I mean? Um, when you take like bodies yeah. out of the equation. So I guess that was like the impulse that I was thinking of, but I mean, it's, it's a false binary anyway, you know, as soon as you start like interrogating mm-hmm. that it breaks down. But there is something, I guess, in the no block piece, too, where she makes a point to say, you know, some bodies um, matter more than others or listen to more than others. Um, yeah. But, like, so, yeah, I appreciate it. I, the gross piece kind of, all that philosophy stuff kind of goes over my head a little bit. I struggle with it. Um, but I did, like. It's just the yeah. language. Like, I just, I feel like I have to have a different dictionary for each person that I read. And I just, I don't have that kind of time in my life. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. But I did, I do, I did like thinking about the, you know, this, this idea that the mind and the body are separate, which we know is bullshit, but um, Mm -hmm. yeah. So on the no block piece, um, she, she, she talks about that too. um, And how, you know, it, when we write without, when we write as though we're just minds without bodies, it's, um, it leads to this sort of like disembodied view from nowhere as a quote. Um, but so on page 58, mm-hmm. she said, such a view assumes a sort of normed intellectualism, a seemingly utopian belief that place and body do not matter, that the academic, the intellectual can transcend such material matters. Um, but as all of these scholars draw attention to, there is no such disembodied place of nowhere. We're all situated beings, bodies situated in culture and language. Um, yeah, I just wanted to drop that quote because I underlined it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think it, that I think that Sarah and I were having a lot of conversations about this, too, when I was doing my independent study last semester, just that like. Because when you were talking about what writing does for you, I'm like, yeah, definitely. Because I think I come from the position that, like, we are built up of, like, multiple facets of subjectivity um, operating from various positions that are, like, in, a, in constantly colliding with one another um, and intersecting with one another. And the so basically just like that, it's messy. That's what my resistance to, to these all of this discussion is, is that frequently I feel like we cling to this idea that we have to say something is something and I'm like but then that says that it is not and I feel like it's messier than than we are willing to to live with (laughs) or to situate Mm -hmm. like I don't to dwell with um but I think that writing you're right does allow us to like examine those collisions or those pieces and that messiness um, allows us to separate it a little bit so that it we can have a better understanding. Yeah. And maybe that's, um, maybe that's actually yeah. where some of, even though I like No Block Peace and I find a lot of value in it, like I also feel internal, like some internal resistance. And it's, it's probably not even specifically to No Block, but just to like embodied rhetorics in general. 
even as I'm like wholeheartedly like nodding my hand being like, yes, yes, absolutely. Fuck yes. I'm still like, yeah, but let's acknowledge Mm -hmm. that like doing embodied rhetorics in a visible way isn't always going to be um, safe for everyone, productive for everyone, um, successful Mm -hmm. for everyone. Like, and I I think as a class, like I felt like that was something we could acknowledge. Like, like when, when JG was saying that, that piece about um, walking in Honolulu is the only one who can get published. Right. So like, Mm. If somebody reads, like, if I'm just thinking about, like, creative writing, if somebody reads a short story of mine, I feel more confident Mm -hmm. in how they will receive that than, like, if I get up at a reading with my, with my specific, you know, like, body and terrible performance, Um, (laughs) because I'm just not a performer. Like, (laughs) do you know what I mean? Like. I'm excited for us to talk yeah. about performance because I feel like we talk about it in, in different terms. And I'm exci- I'm also excited to see, because I saw that we have yeah. Butler for next week. I don't know what kind of, or I don't know what it is, but I'm interested to see how other people talk about performance. Anyway, sorry. No, I, no, I, I like being interrupted, actually. Um, <clears throat> I know that's a weird thing, but I actually do. I shouldn't. I should, and I'll never tell a man that. I don't have to tell a man that. <laughs> but like in class this week, one of my students interrupted me because they had a question mm-hmm. about something I was going over. And then she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. That was so rude. I interrupted you. And I was like, no, please do. I hope you guys like interrupt me when I'm going if you have questions. And I meant it. You know what I mean? But then I was like, man, I would never tell him that. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I guess it just feels like um, no block in particular in this piece was, um, I guess, championing being more visible in terms of how to do embodied yeah. rhetorics. And while I feel that on some level I'm also like yeah but we all know that that's not gonna go as well for some people as it's gonna go over for others do you know what I mean yeah I mean that I've been thinking about that a lot this week with like with the classes we should probably wrap it up but I'll just say this last thing um but I've been thinking about that a lot this week with like the various classes that are like you have to be visible or or not like that language written yeah. into their syllabus as if the visibility of your body in like a regular classroom space is the same as on zoom. And I'm like, there yeah. it's not like, like my, I, I don't know how to explain to you that my body is not, it's, I don't know. It's different representations and like what kinds of like risk are you considering? Like, it's not, yeah. that's what I'm trying to say. It's not the same amount of risk to expose my body in a classroom as it is in a zoom session and you you uh, think about uh, you think about your own body in different ways being in physically mm-hmm. in a classroom or having to like see your face in a square for the whole class period at least i do um so yeah yeah, yeah. no i'm glad you brought that up because i've been thinking a lot about how we expect students to show up like to literally visually show up now um and yeah, I don't know. I don't have anything intelligent to say. I'm sorry. It's, but I'm thinking about <laughs> it. <laughs> so many, you said so many intelligent things, but we should, I feel like if JG has listened to all of this, he's really yeah, wanting us to wrap it sure. up at this point. Um, <laughs> so we're sorry. Um, but also it was two of us. So it's yeah. like, we should, I feel like making it a little longer is okay. Um, 
but uh, anyway, thank you for listening to us, whoever did yes. at, at this point. And uh, we'll talk more about things in class. Yeah. Thanks, Liz. Bye, friends.